So I believe you are seeing the concept so far. Very, very important. Know why we are doing what we are doing and know why something is included in what it is being included. So after this, we're going to be adding non-cash benefits. Non-cash benefits. So what are the non-cash benefits that we are going to be adding? Accommodation. If the employer gives any accommodation, we bring it in. So accommodation. Now, remember accommodation, 10% of total cash emolument up to 600 Ghana cities every month. Are you getting the idea? So accommodation, think double M here. 10% of total cash emolument. Okay? Or we compare that to 600 Ghana cities. Is it 600 Ghana cities? Let me make sure I didn't, add. I'm not giving you bomb. Okay, accommodation is standard, just 10% of total cash development. So you see, I need to refer so I don't give you bomb. And that's one thing about tax. If you don't, you're not careful, you'll be giving bomb at the end of the day. So 10% of total cash development accommodation comes there. And that is going to be in the first column. Okay? That's going to be in the first column. But this is one thing you must understand. There are times when a company provides accommodation, but employees pay, pay some. So in other words, the accommodation is given to you, but you are supposed to pay part. So maybe if you were renting it, it would have been 300 Ghana cities every month. The company would say pay 100 Ghana cities every month. So it means the benefit you are receiving is actually only what? 200 Ghana cities every month. Why did I bring that up? Because if the employee is given accommodation, but the employee pays some of that, then we must what? Less it. Okay? So we less any rent payment by the employer, by the employee. That will be less. So the figure we will get is what we will take as accommodation to the second column. I hope you are getting the meaning here. Very, very important. So even though you are giving an accommodation, you are paying part of the money. So like I said, 300 dollars in this every month if you were renting the apartment. But the company has given it to you and says, pay 100 dollars in this every month. It means the non-cash benefit you are receiving is going to be 200 dollars in this every month. So when we take 10% of your total cash involvement, we will let the rent that you pay and the difference will be what? How much allowance that you are receiving in relation to the accommodation. Then we come to um, loan benefits. Loan benefits. Remember what we mentioned about loan benefits? Do you remember the workings we did for loan benefits? C equals B minus A over 4. So we take one fourth of the excess interest. So loan benefits is where the employer gives concessory loan to the employee in order for them to, it's a motivation to. So even though interest rate is 18.5, 18.75%, a company may give loan to its employees and give it to them at 10%. So the question is, the B is the 
loan times the, this interest rate, the A is what the employee actually paid. The difference divided by four is what we are going to be what, uh, bringing here as the loan benefit uh, uh, allowance in relation to that. So loan benefits, we're going to be having it there. Remember this concept to be there. So interest payable, okay, at the bank rate or the statutory rate, interest paid based on the employer's uh, policy with you, then we divide this or we multiply this by one over four, and that is the loan benefits that we get. I hope you get a concept. It's the same thing that I wrote here. It's the same thing. So the interest payable is the B, interest paid is the A. The difference divided by four is what you are going to be bringing here as loan benefits, as loan benefits. So these are some of the uh, non-cash benefits. If there is uh, a car, then we'll bring it. Vehicle, whatever it is. Allowance with fuel, without fuel, whatever it is. Given to us, we can also bring that. So these are non-cash benefits. So we add it up and we take it to the third column. Okay, so if we now add the non-cash benefit to the total cash emolument, we get the accessible income, okay, or qualified income from employment. So when we add this to this, we can call it the accessible income. Accessible income or qualifying income. from employment. I hope you are getting the concept well. Like I said, this is a done deal thing. Principle of taxation. Introduction to taxation. It's a done deal. You're going to see it there. So you're going to make sure you understand the concepts. Right, so now that we have our qualifying income from employment or accessible income, you know where we go, right? We less all the relief. We less the relief. We less the relief. So what are the reliefs here? Uh, we are going to be lessing. Then, so let me heading it as uh, relief and. Allowable expenses. Relief and allowable expenses. Relief and allowable expenses. So, like you know already, Social Security contribution, first year, will come in. So, Social Security fund adds the 5.5% of basic salary. Of BS, that is basic salary. We take it to the second column, okay? Then second tier, this one will be brought, okay? This one will be brought. Now somebody will say, why do we add a less again? Then let's not bring it at all. That be you are supposed to bring it. So we bring the employer's own 
So maybe let me say SSF like this. First year, 5.5% of the basic salary. Let me bring that here. Then second year, that's 13%. Still on the basic salary. That is paid by the employer. What you have here, that's what you are going to be bringing. Then provident fund. What the employer paid here, we bring it. So provident fund paid by the employee will be off. What the employer will also pay will also be off a relief. How we are getting the treatment. So the 13%, that same figure we had here is what will come here. The provident fund, 7.5% of the basic salary will also come. Okay, because provident fund, like I mentioned, that's the third tier, and it is voluntary, can be paid by both the employer or the employee, or solely by the employee, or solely by the employer. So, depending on whatever we have there, it is allowable for tax purposes. But if the employer is paying it for you, it is an indirect tax payment. And no dinner, it has to be added in determining your total cash emolument from employment. Then once we brought that, then we bring the usual things, you know, money, marriage, responsibility, relief, responsibility is brought. Child education. You know we need to have a maximum of three already. We bring that there. Aged dependents. That is also brought. Maximum of two. Then if there are any other relief, if the person is disabled, then you receive disabled uh, relief. Alright? Or disability relief. And we said 25% of the um, is it basic salary? Yes, 25% of basic salary will be relieved. And then any other relief that will be specific in the question, we'll bring it up. So we add up all our reliefs, and then we subtract that from the accessible income or qualified income from employment. And then that is what gives us the chargeable income from employment. Chargeable income from employment. You see how sweet, simple the concept is. So this is what you need to understand about calculation of chargeable income of an individual. Now, don't scream and say, oh, Shira, it looks too plenty. Shira, it looks too much. No, you don't know what is going to be in the exam hall. This is just a pro forma. In the exam hall, you may have only uh, leave allowance and then risk allowance. In the exam hall, there may be no bonus. In the exam hall, the Americans guys, they are going to be there. First year, second year, they are statutory. So, even if the examiner doesn't say anything about it, you must know it is going to be there. Then, um, the issue about non-cash benefits, maybe one or two of them is there. Loan benefits, it's not all the time that it will be there. But, you just have to know how these workings are supposed 
to be done. This is what you must understand about computation of chargeable income of an individual from employment. Make sense? So, if there are any questions you have, you know what to do. You write them down and then you uh, ask me during our one-on-one -on -one session or you can send it to me via Skype or on WhatsApp. If you're watching this on YouTube, because I'm going to put this video on YouTube, it's very important. I'll not just leave it for only our online study portal students. I'm going to put this on YouTube as well. So if you're watching this on YouTube and you have any questions, put it in the comment box or in the chat box if you're watching the premiere of the video. So that is what you have to understand about chargeable income from employment. Now, once we have this figure, we now use the graduated rate 0 to 25% to calculate the tax liability of the individual, right? Where we said uh, the first three, four, five, six, nil, the second thousand two, five percent, third, one, six, eight, zero, ten percent, fourth, whatever. So we just follow the graduated scale and then we determine the tax payable by the individual. This is what we have to understand about determination of income tax liability of individual very much excited about it and let's continue with this in the next video as we pick our first question to see how practical we can prepare this from some questions and we are going to be practicing about three or four questions under this so that you can understand what we are doing very well so i'll see you in the next video as we continue with our discussion remember any questions you have you know what to do you send it to me via WhatsApp on Skype or you put it in the comment box if you're watching this on my YouTube channel. Stay connected and I'll see you in the next video.